Bill Street Caravan is brought to you by the generous support of the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau. Memphis, home of the blues and the birthplace of rock and roll. I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. We've got the always fantastic Cedric Burnside on the show this week. Cedric, as most music lovers already know, is the son of drummer Calvin Jackson and the grandson of the great hill country bluesman R.L. Burnside. Cedric embodies the term living blues. Raised in the music, steeped in the sounds, today he brings a swagger of authenticity and passion for blues to our program and it's a real honor to have him on the show. And after the break today, I sit down with Cedric. We're old friends, so we get to catch up and talk a little bit. Also joining us today is Bill Street Caravan contributor, Eddie Hankins. Eddie will be continuing his series on Chips Moment and the output at his legendary studio. The series is called American Studios, Memphis' Hit Factory. And that's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hello, Pat. Hey, Kevin. So it's another week here at Bill Street Caravan. Yeah. And we've got another great show lined up. We do. First, we have to take care of some very exciting business. That's right. <laughs> Today, we draw the name of the winner of the Sandy Beaches Cruise Contest. After four, what, five weeks, it all comes down to this moment. I know. I'm really excited. The whole thing's been kind of crazy. <laughs> this is the first time we've done anything like this, and the response has just been like, whoa, I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> to recap, Bill Street Caravan will be on the Sandy Beaches cruise next month. It's a Roots music cruise that Delbert McClinton has been involved with for many years. The cruise features nonstop music from Delbert, Lyle Lovett, Band of Horses, Paul Thorne, the Mavericks, Marsha Ball, and so many more great artists. So we've had this ongoing contest on our social media channels that has given people a chance to enter their name into a drawing for a free ocean view cabin aboard the cruise. And today's the day. It's now. I'm so, like, anxious. <laughs> maybe I'm nervous or maybe I'm just excited for whoever's going to win. It's, it's kind of crazy. So all the names were collected over the past month, put into a spreadsheet. We stayed up late last night <laughs> cutting the spreadsheet into these <laughs> tiny little bits of paper. You know, there's probably an easier way to do it, but we're just so old-fashioned. That's just how it ends yeah. up. How many entries were there in the end? You know, I should have, like, written the number down when I was sitting in front of the spreadsheet and before we cut all the pages up, but it's well over 3,000. Which is why... We're using this giant bag and not a fishbowl. Right. I plan on actually using a top hat that I had left over from my Halloween costume. But yeah, <laughs> it's not big enough. So are you ready to do this? Yeah, I'm dying. Come on, come on, come on. Get the little bottle. Wait, 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 wait. Don't, not yet. Hold on, hold on. Right? I had okay. a friend drop off a snare drum so we could have a drum roll. <laughs> Too bad he couldn't stick around to actually play it. Can you do a snare roll? It, no, I, okay. I really can't. Okay. <laughs> my I'll rhythm my is best. very, um, well... Wait, is that how it works? Hold on. You're an engineer and a musician. How can you not do it? I mean, come on. Come on, but you're going to lose I'm some not, street I'm not a drummer. <laughs> how many drummers have you recorded? I mean, it's just osmosis. I've you never mean? requested drums, drum lessons um, uh, while I was recording them. All right, so. Okay. All right, that'll work. I'm ready. 
Okay. So just drum roll, please. And the winner of the Ocean View Cabin and the Sandy Beaches Cruises featuring Deborah McClinton, Lyle Lovett, and many, many more great artists is Sandy Philip Wilson. Yay! Yay! <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's it. Are we, are we done? Yeah, yeah. It all built up to that one moment. Yeah, Sandy's going on the Sandy Beaches cruise. <laughs> wow. Sandy Philip Wilson. I bet I wonder if that's two people. Philip, is it Philip or Phillips? Philip. We're going to post this on Facebook and Twitter and such. And Sandy Philip Wilson, you have to contact us as soon as possible because the cruise is literally a few weeks away. It's like an early Christmas present. Yeah, we need your confirmation as soon as possible. So give us a shout. And to all of our great fans who entered and showed their support, we so genuinely thank you. We've got the best listeners in all of public radio, and we're going to have some other cool contests coming up in the very near future. Yeah, so if you didn't win, don't give up. There are more things coming up. That was huge. And to think the show is not even over yet. We've just started. It's actually going to get better because we've got Cedric Burnside on the show with us today. So, yeah, deep breath, and let's get on to today's program. Performer extraordinaire Cedric Burnside, grandson of the legendary R.L. Burnside. His grandfather, along with Junior Kimbrough, brought blues music, specifically the indigenous music of rural North Mississippi, to mainstream audiences in the 1990s through several releases on the Fat Possum record label. Gritty, raw, hypnotic blues. It's a very specific sound. Melodies and song structures are very atypical for what many define as blues. Right. Hill Country Blues is special in that sense. It's been isolated for generations from mainstream influences. The rural lifestyle, the family traditions, and in many cases, the unique instrumentation that was at hand, like the fife, combined to forge this unique sound. It may be the last true indigenous form of American folk music, which, while it makes me kind of sad because I think all music lovers, especially blues music lovers, are driven by this notion of discovery, discovering new music, new forms of music. But I'm so happy that there are guys like Cedric that are still out there. He's the real deal. Guys Mm -hmm. from Cedric and Malcolm, Kenny Brown, Alvin Hart, guys that are so directly informed by the genuine source of these Mm -hmm. forms of music that you know it's going to live on. It's going to be passed on. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And, And Cedric has not only been a great ambassador, he's become a great artist in his own right. I love the fierceness he brings to this music. Stripped down, aggressive, just drums and guitar. Well, he's put out projects with siblings and cousins in the Burnside Project. He's worked with Lightning Malcolm. They released two records under the name Juke Joint Duo. Last year, he released Hear Me When I Say, which builds on this powerful Juke Joint Duo sound. It's Cedric on his own this time, and it features guitar backing from his fellow Holly Springs, Mississippi native, Trenton Ayers. We caught up with Cedric during Bridging the Blues down in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Bridging the Blues was an intense two-week period of festivals, events, and special programming that spanned the Memphis and Delta region. This performance was from the Juke Joint Chapel at the Shack Up Inn. It's one of the funkiest places in the universe. You can spend a weekend literally amid the cotton fields of the Delta, about a mile outside of Clarksdale, not in a motel room, but in a redesigned, artistically, heavily artistically modified sharecropper shack. It really set the vibe for the show, I'll say that much. Well, let's get to it, Pat, shall we? Here's Cedric Burnside live on Bill Street Caravan. Let's do it. (laughs) 
pay me back. I asked me again and I told him no. Say I shouldn't be like that. What about that hundred dollars I gave you? Put food on the table. What about that fifty bucks you asked me for? For gas with your neighbor. Said you had some money coming. I'll be the first person you come and see. Your money came, you win a lot of places. But you didn't come see me. I'm through with you. I wash my hands. I'm through with you. I'm through with you. I wash my hands. I'm through with you. Can I get just a little bit more drum vocal and a drum monitor? Got a member of my family. We don't get along too good. He'll still a wheelchair from a crippled man. Oh, I swear he would. He always up the summer. And I mean all the time. The stuff that man be up to. Lord, up blow your mind. And he was walking in the rain. I'm in the soul. And for 20 below zero outside, I wouldn't give a cold. Cause I'm through with ya. I wash my hands. I'm through with ya. I'm through with ya. I wash my hands. I'm through with ya. Yes, I'm through. I'm through with ya. Yes, I'm through. I'm through with ya. I wash my hands. I'm through with ya. Thank you so much. Hey. 
For folks just tuning in, you're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Today's program is made possible by support from Bridging the Blues. Find out more info about the music and culture of the Memphis and Delta region at bridgingtheblues.com. Here's more from Cedric Burnside live on Bill Street Caravan. Miss Rosalind Wilcox, how you doing, Bill? That's one by the late great Mr. Junior Kimbo, y'all. Hollis Fame, Mississippi. Meet me in the city.
you know I need you, babe. And you know I love you, girl. Thank you so much. One by the late grade, Mr. Junior Kimbrough, y'all. That was Cedric Burnside, live on Beale Street Caravan. Pat's going to be sitting down and catching up with Cedric here in a moment. But right now, we're going to turn it over to Beale Street Caravan contributor, Eddie Hankins. Eddie is continuing his series, American Studios, Memphis's Hit Factory. It's brought to you by WEVL-FM 89.9, Memphis's volunteer and member-supported radio station. The American Studio series covers a remarkable period in music history where producer Chips Moman cranked out hit after hit after hit. All from this little studio just a mile or two from where we're sitting, Pat. Eddie is a veteran DJ at WEVL. He's been doing the show Down in the Alley for more than 20 years. And along the way, he's become quite the expert on American studios. Eddie and others at the station, including Brian Craig, who's Weevil's program director, felt like the story of chips in the studio needed some dusting off. People needed some reminding. So they played a huge part in bringing the history to light again, including having a historical marker placed at the site where the studio once stood, and it played a huge role of Chip's induction into the Memphis Music Hall of Fame this yes. year. Yes. You can learn more about the station and stream them online at wevl.org. Here's Eddie. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Kevin. American Studios' crowning achievement came in January 1969, when, disillusioned from years of making movies and recording mediocre songs, Elvis Presley, at the insistent urging of Marty Lacker, one of the King's inner circle, decided that, instead of going to Nashville once again, he would record in Memphis for the first time since his landmark sessions at Sun Studio nearly 15 years earlier. Lacker, in his role as promotions man for American, had witnessed firsthand the magic producer Chips Moman and the musicians of the 827 Thomas Street Band could bring to an artist. It was decided that Moman, along with Elvis's personal producer, Felton Jarvis, would oversee the recordings. As detailed in Careless Love, part two of Peter Goralnik's Presley biography, Elvis was determined to reclaim artistic relevancy and impressed by the nonstop string of hits emanating from American, felt that the little North Memphis studio with perhaps the most versatile house band in the business was just the place to do so. Upon arriving at the studio for the first time, Elvis was heard to remark, what a funky, funky studio. The members of the band, who by this time were used to music royalty routinely walking through the studio doors, played it cool. As Memphis Horns trumpeter Wayne Jackson remarked, we were thrilled about Elvis, but it wasn't like doing Neil Diamond. Pianist Bobby Wood concurred, stating, at that point, we were hotter than he was. The first order of business before Elvis could solidify his return to serious music was to get some good songs. Elvis himself had stumbled upon one new source of quality material. He had met a young songwriter, a then-unknown Mac Davis in L.A., and had already recorded a couple of his songs, Memories for his 68 Comeback TV special, and a little less conversation for the film Live a Little, Love a Little. The song that Davis had provided for Elvis's American sessions, however, was unlike anything Presley had ever recorded before. Entitled In the Ghetto, with the subtitle of The Vicious Circle, 
The song detailed how poverty in inner city America was an endemic and cyclical problem with violent and often tragic outcomes. Elvis had never recorded a so-called message song before, and many of his advisors at the time were strongly against him starting now. Presley himself was unsure, but decided to give the bleak number a try after discussions with Chips Moman, who insisted the song was a hit and even asked Elvis if he wasn't going to record it to at least let Chips have it for one of his other artists, pro football star Rosie Greer, who was attempting to establish himself at American as a recording artist. The daring material, which featured a deeply felt performance from guitarist Reggie Young, proved Moman's instincts were again correct and not only provided Elvis with a top five pop hit, his first top five song since 1965, but also gave Mac Davis a Grammy nomination for best contemporary song. Well, the world turns And a hungry little boy with a running nose Plays in the street as the cold wind blows in the ghetto And his hunger burns. As noted earlier today, as well as in previous episodes of the American Studio story, there was nobody better at picking hit songs than Chips Moman. When it came to finding hit songs for Elvis, however, there was a problem. His management had in place a requirement that they get a 25% cut of the publishing of any song Elvis recorded. This requirement by the late 1960s mainly served to severely restrict the quality of songs making it to Elvis's ears and thus onto his recordings. Chips Moman had a particular song in mind that he felt was a guaranteed hit for Elvis. It was a song that one of American Studios staff writers, Mark James, had recorded himself there the year before, but with no success. The problem was that Elvis's business people were pressing Moman and James to agree to their terms or they would see to it that Elvis would not record the song. As detailed in numerous accounts, Moman told the suits in no uncertain terms what they could do with the $25,000 they had paid to rent the studio and the tapes already in the can. Ultimately, cooler heads prevailed and Elvis, Moman, and the 827 Thomas Street Band settled into work and to make music history. The song, Suspicious Minds, became not only Elvis's first number one song in seven years, it was also the last number one song he would ever have, as well as being his only number one song to be recorded in Memphis. We can't go on together with suspicious Elvis Presley's American Studios sessions produced two more hit records, another Mac Davis number, Don't Cry Daddy, which also reached the top 10, and Kentucky Rain, written by another unknown young songwriter named Eddie Rabbit and featuring some great piano work from Bobby Wood. I reached out one night and you were gone. Don't know why you'd run, what you're running to or from. All I know is I want to Bring you home. Elvis Presley's American Studio session set the template for the music he would record the rest of his career. He even attempted to hire the studio band to accompany him at the mid-1969 Las Vegas concerts that marked his return to live performances, but the group collectively turned him down, as in the words of studio bassist Mike Leach, session work was just continuing to pop. 
Either way, Elvis did continue to use some of the songwriters he first encountered at American, such as Mark James, who in addition to pinning Suspicious Minds, would later write Moody Blue and assist fellow American staff writer Wayne Carson and American Studios rhythm guitarist Johnny Christopher in composing Always On My Mind, which was actually written but never formally recorded by anyone at American. It was also a direct result of his work with Elvis that led Chips Moman to be named Record Producer of the Year for 1969 by radio tip sheet The Gavin Report. For Beale Street Caravan, I'm Eddie Hankins. Thanks, Eddie. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but when we come back, we'll have more Cedric Burnside with us. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Bill Street Caravan is supported in part by awards from the Tennessee Arts Commission and Arts Memphis. We're back, and we're about to hear more from Cedric Burnside in this performance from the Juke Joint Chapel during Bridging the Blues. But before we get back to that, Pat had a chance to sit down and talk with her old friend Cedric, so let's listen in on that. Hello, Cedric Burnside. How, How are you doing? How you doing, Miss Pat? Thanks for coming in and chatting with me. Hey, it's all good. Good to be here. It's been a long time since I've seen I know, you. I know. But you have been mighty busy. I have. Thank God for everything. There. <laughs> the good, the good, and the bad. Yes. Know? And watching your live show, there aren't a lot of drummers who decide to be, you know, I'm going to be the singer and I'm going to play the drums. You know. <laughs> so what? What made you decide to that you were going to sing and play drums? Well, um, it started, you know, a while back. My uncle, Gary Burnside, mm-hmm. we grew up together. And um, we started our own thing, you know, back in the day um, called Burnside Exploration. Uh-huh. Uh, this has been, man, God, 13, 14 I years ago. I was there. Yeah. I was there. Hey, I was going to say, we, we go back a long ways, Pat, you know. But, um, yeah, it started back then. We was writing songs, uh, and I had to help him sing his songs as well as my songs yeah so um i got in the habit of doing it and it kind of became like second nature to me and then you know after a while it wasn't anything so uh i just found myself doing it every time you know and people was like man won't you sing it your voice better than mine won't you sing it you know so i i just sing it you know and you know before you know it I, i became the lead singer playing drums and and singing vocals first time i ever saw you was back in rl and now You're a front man. <laughs> it's a different dynamic. Hey, I know. <laughs> I, I really thank God and, and Big Daddy, of course. You know, Aria Burnside opened the door, and it was up to us to walk through it. Yeah. And so I, I, I still kind of think I just got one foot in the door right now, you know. So I'm trying to get my whole body through that. So hopefully, you know, before I leave this world, I can leave a mark. Probably not as big as my granddad, but, you know, a, a pretty good one. 
it's always interesting when you see someone as they move forward, as they do new things, yeah. they take on new things. And for you, it's been like this continuous march forward. But in some ways, <coughs> you didn't really have a choice. It's either you stopped yeah. playing yeah. I kept or on pushing. you kept on pushing. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. do you have that look on, on your whole career? Well, I never loved to quit. You know, I, I, I didn't like that at all, you know. Yeah. I always love to have determination and keep on pushing. You know, my, my big daddy instilled that in me, along with some of my uncles that, you know, gave me con constructive criticism, and I didn't know how to... What does to... criticism look like in the burn Man, family? I'm trying to tell you. It's, <laughs> it's crucial. I'm telling you, it's crucial. It helps a lot. Um, you know, just growing up in the Burnside family, um, playing the music, I had uncles that was on me so hard. It was like, oh man, no, that ain't gonna cut it. You know, you ain't, you ain't gonna do it. <laughs> and I get so mad, I go home and I practice and I practice and I come back and I'm like, I know I'm better than I was last time. So I play and it was like, you know, man, it's, it's pretty good, but that, that ain't gonna cut it. You know, you're not, you're not doing it. Yeah. You know, I get so mad and I wanted to quit, Pat. I really did, but um, I, I didn't. You know, I was just determined to sound good to my family. You know, yeah. I was determined to sound good to them no matter what. And um, here I am today. They want me to play on just about every CD that they record and and want me to go in the studio and sing with them on songs that they write, things they wouldn't have did back in the day, you know. So, yeah, you feel some vindication. <laughs> okay, I must be okay. Yeah, I must be all right right yeah. now, you know. <laughs> I did something. <laughs> so often you don't hear the story of the practice, the determination oh, that yeah. a person has to go through to be good at their craft, whatever oh, yeah. it is, you just hear what seems like the, oh, they're an overnight success. Oh, yeah, Look they, at them. They born with it. They just yeah. got it, you know? No, it, it, we work for it. And it, there, yeah, there may be some God-given talent. You know, of course yeah. it's in the blood, but you we might, have to work for it still. You're born with a little bit of it, but it's mm -hmm. up to you to refine it and take, exactly. it, take it past that. So you're in charge now. The decisions you make are your decisions. Yeah. What are some of the lessons that you learned through playing at such an early age and being surrounded by people who are going out on the road? They might play a show in Germany to a sold-out crowd yeah. and then come back home, and they're still surrounded in the problems that they had when they left. Yeah. What are some of those lessons that, that you've learned that help you move on? Well, um, the first thing I learned is to forgive. I, I done been through a lot of things and you know in my life um, a lot of them dealing with my family a lot of them dealing with my friends you know I won't go into full detail but you know everybody done been through something in their life you yeah know? and so I, I um, instead of having a grudge and trying to pout every time I see a person or be around a person that did me wrong I found ways to express it in my music but before I did that I had to let go and apologize and forgive because otherwise, I've been talking bad in my music, you know, about yeah. them, you know? <laughs> it wouldn't be no difference. Oh, just we like know who that song's about. about. Telling you, you know? <laughs> but um, I had to forgive them, and then that made me find better words and think more clear about the, the words that I choose to put in my music. Mm -hmm. Of course, you still know, you know, if you done did me wrong and you listen to my music, the people who did me wrong, they definitely know who I'm talking about. I just don't like the the hostility I, I i try to get away from that and and just give people a good clean real blues and hope that they can relate to it yeah Maybe that i've been there and done that just like i have the blues has changed a lot 
Oh, yeah. There are a lot of things that you just don't hear about anymore. I mean, I'm not saying the killing floor isn't relevant today, <laughs> <laughs> but there just aren't as many people who have that experience to know what yeah. that's about. So yeah, I, I definitely understand. How do you bring this new generation into this music that is an old art form? You know, as yeah. far as American music goes, it's over 100 years old, yeah. and. How, how do you make it current? What do you think is the injection that makes it current and relevant to people today? Well, I got an uncle <laughs> that used to tell me all the time. He said, man, um, people think there's new troubles in the world. And it's really not new troubles because trouble's been in the world for a thousand years. Trouble's been in the world. It's just easier ways to do them. You can get in trouble, you know, with the computer now. 60 years ago, you couldn't do that. You couldn't get in trouble with the computer. Wasn't on computer. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't find no cell phone. You can use a cell phone and, and get somebody offside the road that doesn't have a flat, you know. But um, I try to just sing to people and, and just let them know what I went through. And basically, if anybody done heard your car done quit on the side of the road for three or four hours and you sit in the hot sun, trying to wait on somebody to come get you, that's that's the blues to me right there. Yeah. Some, maybe somebody can relate to that. I'm sure somebody can. Girlfriend done left you, you done fell in love, and you find out that ain't the right one, and but it still hurt. People can relate to that. So I, I try to just stay true to myself, write my music, and just hope people like it and, and can relate to it, basically. That's pretty well, much it. Insightful interview, Pat. That was great. You know, Cedric is, is is so funny because I remember when I first met him and he I thought he was like super shy. And back then I guess he was I mean he was a kid. I was a kid. What what am I saying? But it's funny now because he knows what he thinks. He knows how he feels about you know how you see your friends grow up and they mm -hmm. have these positions and ideas and perspectives and when you get to hear them you're just like, Yeah, you know, <laughs> wow, you've just matured You've and come it, into your own. Yeah, you're not the guy we used to sit in the corner and laugh at people dancing crazy as we drank whiskey, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, here is more Cedric Burnside live on Bill Street Caravan. Thank y'all so much. You can turn the, um, you can turn the good time down just a little bit in the drum monitor. All right, all right. She broke a whole top to collard green to serve me beans. She don't cook me greens, but to spin in my greens. I get home from work and the house ain't clean. She got the nerve to say the house will matter to me. I treat my woman like a queen, but she keeps on dorming me. I treat my woman like a queen, but she keeps on dorming me. And I gotta go. I gotta go. People call me a fool every day. Why you let that woman treat you that way? Or even though I don't care what they say. I treat my woman like a queen, but she falls dormant me. I treat my woman like a queen, but she falls dormant me. 
you so much.
Folks, just tuning in, you're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Today's program is made possible by support from Bridging the Blues. Find more info about the music and culture of the Memphis and Delta region at bridgingtheblues.com. Here's more from Cedric Burnside, live on Bill Street Caravan.
So much Trip now, Cedric Burnside, Cedric Burnside Project. That was Cedric Burnside live on Bill Street Caravan. For tour dates and more info on the band, please visit their website, CedricBurnside.com. And Cedric's also all over social media these days, so you can catch up with him there. He tours relentlessly, so next time he comes to your town, check him out. You won't regret it. We promise. Special thanks to the folks at the Juke Joint Chapel at the Shack Up Inn in Clarksdale, Mississippi, for their hospitality and for hosting us. You can find out more about them at shackupin.com. We also like to recognize our supporters, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, and Bridging the Blues for their efforts of making Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You're not going to find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check in with us there. We've always got great updates and special features relating to our program. In fact, today we wrapped up our Sandy Beaches Cruise Contest, so I'll say it again for good measure. Sandy Phillip Wilson, give us a shout. 
Yay! Contact us soon to claim your prize. Next week on Bill Street Caravan, we'll have Sugar Ray and the Blue Tones and the Side Street Steppers with us. Bill Street Caravan contributor Eddie Hankins will continue his series on American Studios. Until then, I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you've been listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.